If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 174 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on the 12th day of March of the year 2023. Well, my friends, let's run down the list. As of where we're at, as of this date, March 12th, last night, the clocks went ahead an hour for most of us in the country, including myself here in New York. So from here on out, we'll be getting our beloved seven o'clock or later sunsets. That's a big positive. (laughs) The World Baseball Classic has begun, as I've been hyping up the last few weeks now, with tons of exciting moments and highlights just in the last few days. I mean, we've been seeing tons of highlights Coming especially from the Taipei game and the Italy game, when that big three-run homer late in the game was hit, and just the crowd, my God, you seldom hear crowds that loud in baseball. It really is incredible. Just a lot of big moments and highlights throughout, as expected. The USA, right here, good old America, won our first game last night against Great Britain, and their riveting uniforms, he said with the utmost of sarcasm. And spring training is of course continuing on as well with the kids especially. Particularly one Jason Dominguez putting on a show. One might say, with all these things put together, that we are continuing to thrive around here. Right? Except, (laughs) aside from my head being in a weird fog today, I think I'm having an allergy attack of some kind, Remember the last couple of weeks, last few weeks even, some might say, what some of my fans and I all mentioned is always the number one priority of spring training. The one that goes without saying, staying healthy. Well, let the injuries begin. Holy crap. Holy crap is right. There really is no other expression to better describe what has happened barely two weeks into spring training. And we're just going to get right into it, folks. And no, this is not going to be a fully negative show because of the injuries. Relax, you toxic positives out there. I already hear your thoughts and I see you getting ready to write that comment. Relax. (laughs) But... There are injuries. A handful already. Again, barely two weeks into spring training. And we got to talk about it. Just in the last week alone, we in the Yankee community have been hit left and right with seemingly continuous injury news. Including this morning. (laughs) It's just no sign of it really ending. And... That could be concerning for some. 
For others who might be numb to this sort of a thing, like I definitely mostly am, as any Yankee fan should really be at this point who's been following them for some time now, it has been a recurring theme for this organization for countless years now. In a row. So, right away, towards the beginning of the week, and I've been hyping him up like crazy, so thrilled to have him back, and I'm not saying that this injury is going to spell doom for him the whole season, I'm not saying that. But it certainly ain't the way you want to start off if you're him. But revealed right away was Tommy Canely having bicep tendinitis. And he could miss about a month. And they did say that there's a very similar injury to the one that he suffered in 2018. And it will force him to at least start the season on the injured list. So we may not see him until the end of April at least, maybe even into the beginning of May. They don't have specific timelines for a lot of these guys, except for another name that we'll get to in a moment. But a lot of them, they're more or less just saying, nah, they can miss about this many weeks or maybe about a month. They don't really seem to be too definitive on the exact amount of time. And Canely's kind of one of them. They just basically vaguely said, maybe he'll miss about a month. Now, he's not the only bullpen arm to suffer this fate to start the season. Another one is Lou Trevino. The guy that the Yankees got at the trade deadline alongside Frankie Montas last season. And this basically marks, because Trevino is really the only healthy one that the Yankees had gotten. Because Montas had and is still having his own injury troubles. Benintendi had his injury problems in the second half after a little while of playing here. And now Trevino joins the bunch. So last year's deadline up to this point... (laughs) Not looking too hot. Even though in the second half of last year, Trevino did a very nice job out of the pen. I was sure to mention that, and I will reiterate that now. He did a nice job. But now, starting 2023, he is starting on the injured list. The third guy. Now, this is the one that upset a lot of people. Hopefully, this is just... Hopefully, a quicker thing. Just throughout maybe most of the first month at the most. Because you don't want it to go on any longer than that. You don't want it to go on at all. But you don't want it to go on any longer than it has to. So the next guy was the one that really discouraged me a bit. And again, I'm not saying it's going to doom their whole season. I'm not saying that. But, you know, we kind of have a right to be upset (laughs) that this theme of injuries, particularly to guys who you are relying on to such a degree like this next name I'm about to mention, you have a right to be upset about it because this just has no sign of ending. But the next guy by a name of, you might know him, just a big guy they happened to acquire this past offseason, really other than bringing guys like Rizzo and Judge back, which I'm not downplaying, you had to bring guys like that back for sure, but really the only big external move they made this winter Carlos Rodon. He is starting off the season on the injured list as well as Tommy Canely and Lou Trevino are with a left forearm strain. Now you hear forearm and an alarm goes off in your head. If you are familiar with prior forearm injuries and what they could potentially lead to for pitchers. Yes, I now speak of the dreaded season-ending good old Tommy John surgery. And inevitably, particularly because a couple of years ago, this is what started Severino getting his Tommy John surgery. 
which made him miss so much time between 2020 and this past season, was that he was having forearm problems. So naturally, when you've experienced this sort of thing before as a fan, that is the alarm that gets set off in your brain when you hear that a pitcher is dealing with a forearm problem. So gladly, though, happily, the media took it upon themselves to ask Rodon and the organization, specifically Cashman, who I do not trust 100% anymore, as a lot of you know, but we'll just have to take them at their word. What can we do? The vast majority of us or all of us are not on the inside of the organization. We don't know for sure what the deal is. We are not in the trainer's department. We don't know what the specific diagnosis is and the specific timetable. If it's really what they say it is, we have no way of knowing for sure. We could just take them at their word, which stinks because the Yankees either usually don't do their homework on injuries and their true severity, or they just are just straight up not truthful about it. One or the other is true, maybe both in certain cases. So you got to take each thing you hear from them with a grain of salt at times. But both Rodon and Cashman reportedly claim that this is not Tommy John concern, that the UCL ligament, which is mainly what's repaired in Tommy John surgery, is not harmed. It's a forearm issue, and they hope that it's done some point in April and that he could see the pitcher's mound again, maybe even within the first month. So the positive is, if you're taking them at their word, which not everybody's going to, and I can't blame you for that if you're one of them, but they're claiming that Tommy John is not a concern. We'll see if that lasts and stays the truth. Because <laughs> we don't know for sure until the time comes. For now, they're claiming it's not a concern. Fine. So, let's just hope that he's back even before May. That'd be nice. If you're going to miss the whole first month, I'd rather you miss the first month than the last month, or even the playoffs. That's also the mentality that I take when people get hurt in spring training. Get it out of the way now. Miss the first couple of weeks if you must. But if that means you're getting it out of the way for later, fine, I'll bite the bullet for now. And that, that might be, to a certain degree, what the Yankees are trying to do here. It might just be extra precautious for a lot of them. They might not even have to miss the amount of time that they're missing. But they might just want to be extra careful so that they can prevent this thing going forward. And if it works, then fine. But if it doesn't, then of course that's going to suck. There's no real way of knowing that. I'm just so tired of this. Year in and year out, just the same discussions over and over and over. Sometimes I try to look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, maybe it's for a lack of content that we're always sitting here talking about injuries. Maybe it's my fault, but it's not my fault. It's not any content creator's fault. It's just what happens every year with this team. How long are you going to blow a gasket about it for? I'm not going to blow a gasket today because if I blew a gasket about this, then that means I'd blow a gasket about it at every other point and I would have long have since taken a stroke by now because injuries are always persistent with the Yankees. There's no use in blowing a gasket every time they happen. Otherwise, you will find yourself in cardiac arrest sooner rather than later. I'd prefer to prevent that personally. Sometimes. But anyways, so that's the news on Rodon. Hoping that the most that he misses is the first few weeks, maybe. 
Next one up. Step right on up into the batter's box. Next one up for the injury news is the one that I sort of hinted to before when it came to missing the first few weeks. Our man, Harrison Bader, who showed up to camp looking as jacked as ever. He looked pretty freaking yoked, I gotta be honest with you. But, uh, not yoked enough to prevent feeling this, I guess. (laughs) But, and just so we're clear here, whenever I chuckle, whenever I'm talking about injuries, it's not because I find it funny or that I'm happy that somebody got hurt. I'm not. I never am. And I never find it funny. It's just because of how redundant this is every year. And it's almost like you can't help but just chuckle. It's not because you're happy to see it or you find it funny. It's just because it's the same thing. And you just can't help but chuckle at history constantly repeating itself. That's all. It's almost like an insane laugh, if you will. I think it's safe to say we've all done that Joker laugh at one point or another in our lives. So, anyways, Harrison Bader is up next. And he apparently the other day, when swinging, just happened to feel something on his left side, I believe it was. So, right when I heard that, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, probably an oblique. And it was. So, he suffered an oblique strain. And that typically takes at least a few weeks to subside, especially if it's grade two at least. Then, you know, grade three is a lot longer even. But the Yankees are claiming that he's going to miss about the next six weeks. And we have about three weeks, give or take, left of spring training. So that means that a chunk of the time that he's missing coming up, about half the time, give or take, is going to be games that don't count. So, fine, whatever. But there's going to have to be time where he gets himself ready to go again, has to rehab for a little bit. And that six-week timeline isn't the amount of time that he needs to even start to revamp again and rehab to get back onto the field, they're saying that that's how much time he needs to be actually on the field for the Yankees again. So he'll be game ready. So to me, that sounds like maybe mid to late April. Not terrible. If you got to miss the first two weeks, fine. Bite the bullet again, whatever. Uh, But it just stinks because Bader was having himself a nice spring. It was fun to watch him play. And now he's sidelined for a little while with an oblique strain. So that's four guys... Two of them being bullpen arms. And Rodon obviously being a huge piece in that starting rotation. So that's a big hit, even if it is just a little while. And Bader, it's a bit of a hit. I think they could go without him for a little bit, especially because it's only the first, give or take, three weeks of the regular season, according to the Yankees. You always got to preface it with that. But four guys. And you thought that it was done at that this morning. But it wasn't. Fortunately, this next one I'm about to tell you about, though, according to the Yankees, again, <laughs> gotta preface it with that every time, according to the Yankees, in asterisks, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, I saw his name at the beginning of a tweet from Brian Hoke today, and my heart instantly dropped to my big toe because I was like, oh my God, we're about to lose Rizzo too. Oh my God. But it turns out that his back is bothering him again like it was for so much of last season when he missed that chunk of time in the middle of the second half, give or take. Missed that whole bunch of time. Where even guys like Oswaldo Cabrera were getting occasional looks at first base, just shifting people around, trying to make do. Well, it seems like the back is giving him trouble yet again, which the Yankees were even... They were even sounding a little iffy about when it comes to Rizzo heading into camp, and I guess, well... (laughs) 
a week or two later, here you go. His back is already, apparently, according to Aaron Boone, and this is the exact word that he used, described his back as cranky. I tell you, the vocabulary that this organization uses to describe injuries is just remarkable. All these different kinds of words they come up with. Cranky. Well, you know something, Aaron? I'm feeling a bit cranky too over all this injury news. You know that? Can I be cranky or is that just exclusive for injuries? But again, according to the Yankees, he's expected to be back on as soon as Tuesday. So, and that's just two days away. So maybe just missing today, tomorrow, resting it out a little bit, seeing how it goes. But again, that's kind of how they took his back problems last year, just sort of day by day, seeing how he felt. And then before you knew it, he was out about a month. So I don't know. I kind of hold my breath when it comes to Rizzo's back because with that, they seem to take a uh, very much of a let's see how he wakes up the next day sort of approach and just see how he feels, which has me feeling uneasy. But they're claiming that he's just going to need until Tuesday. So hopefully, you hope that they're just being extra precautious about it and hopefully he'll be fine by the time he starts playing again. Who knows? You hope. That's all you could do is you just hope. (laughs) Right? I mean, it really is all that you can do. So, that's really all the injury news, guys. As I said, and as the title of the episode says, because it's the main topic of discussion with the Yankees as of this past week, which, with all of the news of it coming out, is let the injuries begin. Because that's where it's at. That's all the news, really. It really sucks, but... Other than occasional big things happening throughout the spring training games, and obviously, like I said before, we have the World Baseball Classic having started, a lot of people's eyes are on this injury news for the Yankees because it's somewhat of a big deal. (laughs) And even if some of them are only expected to miss the first couple or first few weeks and maybe be back on the field even by May, again, like I said before when I was explaining my reason for the occasional chuckle on this subject, it's not because anybody finds it funny or because we want it to happen, or anything like that. It's because it's just such a recurring theme at this point. It happens every year. It's just a matter of when. Not a matter of if. At this point with the Yankees, it's a matter of when. And you can ask yourself questions until you're blue in the face. Is it someone in the trainer's department? Is it Eric Cressy? Is it somebody else? Is it Cashman in the front office not doing their homework? Are the players' bodies just made of glass? Could it be a little bit of both? Who knows, really, when you get down to it? I don't even think the Yankees themselves really know the answer to that question. Because if they did, I think they'd be able to prevent it at least a little bit more than they tend to. It just sucks to watch. Because you see it, you get upset, but then the feeling of being upset sort of fades away a little bit because the other prevailing feeling of, wow, who the hell could be surprised by this settles in, and you just find yourself in sort of a weird middle place where you start to chuckle about it a little bit because it's just history constantly repeating itself. And you almost get to a state of, well, who's next now? Because it's not going to stop here. And then you wake up on a morning like today where you're just praying to wake up and turn your phone on without an additional notification of more injury news coming in. And then you get a tweet from Brian Hoke telling you that Anthony Rizzo's back is cranky. Cranky. 
it's just annoying. It really, really is annoying. There's really, what could you say about it at this point? How many years has this been going on with the injuries, guys? Left and right injuries. And the Yankees do a good job at making sure they have the correct depth, and they have their kids right now, especially playing their hearts out in spring training, which makes you feel even better about that from a depth perspective if the entire team is to just fall apart with injuries. But, you know, you sign these guys to contracts, you trade for them, you expect them to be a big part of the team, and then when they get hurt, especially for when it's for significant time, it's frustrating as hell. And I can only imagine how frustrating it is for the player themselves having their body limit them like that when all they want to do is freaking play. I can only imagine. From, but from a fan's perspective, too, at the risk of sounding damn entitled, it's frustrating, too. You want to see the team win. And the best way to see that team win is seeing the guys out there who you expect to play and know of the best of talent. And then you just see them get hurt left and right. Every year. Some more than others. But every year, it's just something that you come to expect with the Yankees. And you could accuse me of sounding negative like so many people love to when it comes to segments like this when talking about injuries or certain guys that you just know aren't going to rebound, but some people like to convince themselves that they will, such as Aaron Hicks. You see that drop ball again today? And it's not the only one that's happened this spring. This time he just let it fall right in front of him. Yet you still got people out there telling me that I'm crazy. Or that I'm being negative. Or toxic. If you don't acknowledge that these injuries are just a regular thing. Or something as simple as the fact that guys like Aaron Hicks just are not good. At least not anymore. Not for a few years now. You're either just not paying attention, don't want to face reality, or again, maybe a little bit of both. Either way, if you belong to either of those crowds, you gotta wake up. It's time to wake up. Because these are only themes that we have seen, not just last year, not just the year before, no, no, no. But plenty before that too. between not facing reality with certain players, being surprised about injuries. Like I said before, you could be upset about them. I'm upset about them. But being surprised. Or even coming after people for, like, being so upset that they're just venting their frustration about it. It's frustrating. It happens every year. Without end. And you expect people to just eh, be okay with it. I'm sorry, it's just sort of a, another, not sort of, it's completely an attack on you toxic positives out there. It is. I'm not trying to be negative, guys, I'm just telling you the truth. I don't come on here and talk about the Yankees, and I'm not a Yankee fan so that I could be negative about them. I hate being negative about the team. I tell you what's going on with the team, even if it is negative. And I hate talking about the negatives, but if it's what's going on, then that's what I'm going to talk about. Just like when, if something good is going on, I'm going to talk about it. If you're a true content creator, and in my opinion, a true fan, and if you don't agree with me, I'm not going to go out telling you that you're not a real fan, like some people are so quick to tell me, you could be whatever fan you want. There are all different kinds of fans in this world. And if you want to be your own kind of fan, then go ahead. 
I don't really care. But this is for the people who tell me what kind of fan that I should be, and anything otherwise is not a real fan. But the kind of fan that I am is the kind of fan who's not afraid to talk about something when it comes to the Yankees, whether it be positive or negative. And you shouldn't be afraid of it either. Don't let people, whether they be overly positive or overly negative, tell you what kind of fan you should be. The reason I'm relating this to this subject is because I continue to see people out there harassing other people about the kind of fans they are when talking about certain players on the team or even talking about certain people who are just very frustrated by these injuries. People have a right to be frustrated, guys. If you're surprised, then i that's when I question how long you've been really watching the Yankees because, again, the injuries have been a... To say they've been a recurring theme through these last few years is the understatement of the millennium. So to be surprised by them, I kind of have to question what you're watching. But to be upset by them, you're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to be concerned, even if a lot of the injuries are only deemed to be fairly short-term as of right now. But I see a lot of people continuing to attack each other all over the place on social media. And I know I give a lot of attention to these people. I do. These people who go after all these all these other fans who they're telling them what kind of fan you have to be or what kind of fan you should be because it's just annoying to see. And it just so happens to, each week, have to do with the subject that we're talking about. Injuries, a certain player. So, I figured I'd bring that up again because the injury topic this week is that. And because of the injuries, you can imagine that a lot of Yankee fans are also, as a result of all of it, at each other's throats. Which doesn't help anything. But again, yes, it is really frustrating that again, this is all happening. And we're barely two weeks into spring training. And we have all these injuries already. And in games like today, we have Aaron Hicks continuing to trot over to balls and just completely letting him fall and not doing anything about it. Was he hitting last week and doing real well? Yeah, but that already dissipated in some games. I think he got another hit today. Big whoop. But um, that's going to dissipate eventually as well as it has continued to the last few days a little bit. The fielding is still a problem because the guy just is not a good fielder anymore. And again, the shame of it is, is that he used to be. I used to give him so much credit right here on this show years ago about how much of a cannon of an arm he used to have in the outfield. He used to have a great arm. And he used to have great range too. He used to run down a lot of things. Now, he just doesn't seem to care. Trots over to things and then after he lets it land, he trots over to it again. Yeah, he'll let off a good throw every now and again, showing some sort of a resemblance of what his arm used to be, but not so much anymore. When he got his Tommy John surgery a few years back, his arm became a noodle. And the showings of his good prior arm are very few and far between. And his hitting just leaves a lot to be desired. I don't care if he was raking at the beginning of spring training. I give him credit for doing that, but it's not going to last. It's not going to. Donaldson, not hitting much anymore. He got a few hits at the beginning of spring training. So, the negatives, like those two, and IKF hit his first home run yesterday, I believe it was, but other than that, not trying to discredit him, but I'm just telling you, we all know who should be starting at shortstop, and even at third base, but we're bound to see at least one of those two prior names, IKF and or Donaldson. We know who should be there, but we know who we're going to get, most likely. 
The Yankees claim that there are open competitions for a lot of these positions, but especially as injuries continue to pile up now, you have to really imagine that the Yankees are going to play a lot of these names that we don't want to see. But then, again, let's shift because I don't want to be accused again of being totally negative, even though, again, I'm just telling you things that are actually happening. You could look at the positives. Look at the kids. Anthony Volpe, another home run today, hitting really well. The fielding. He's dropped the ball here or there, but again, the kid's 21. He's still learning. Other than that, he's still shown some fine defensive plays. He's looking good with the bat. Oswaldo's still doing his thing. If you want to see any other names mentioned, a lot of the kids that I mentioned last week, like uh, Willie Calhoun, he was still doing pretty good heading into this past week. Uh, Rafael Ortega, I know he's not necessarily a kid. He's 31 years old. But a lot of people have been throwing his name around. I mentioned him last week because he was doing very well in both in the outfield and with the bat. He continues to do that as well. As of this past week, played in today's game again, and people are throwing his name around as a potential outfield option, at least as an option off the bench to start the season, particularly with the injury to Bader because you're down an outfielder now. And he's still doing a nice job. I'm still very impressed with the Chaparro kid. I really like how he continues to do. And then, of course, the man that we all have to mention because he is having one of, if not the best spring of any Yankee just about. The man whose nickname refers to someone who is not of this world is definitely playing out of this world in spring training. And I still think it's 100% that he does not make the opening day roster. But that does not mean he's not opening eyeballs, and that doesn't mean that I wouldn't want him to make the opening day roster and that a lot of other people wouldn't want him to make the opening day roster because, as a matter of fact, he's making a lot of people want him to make the opening day roster as a potential outfield option, at least off the bench, at least. And that is the Martian, Jason Dominguez. And not only is he playing like the Martian, he's also playing like an absolute demon. Have you seen this guy lately? (laughs) The home runs that he is hitting. Started off the spring with his first home run from the right side of the plate, which is actually considered to be his weaker side, and now lately he has showed us his stronger side. He has put it on display. Last couple of home runs he's hit have been from the left side, and they have been tank jobs including another one hit yesterday against the Phillies to tie the game at three at the time. My God. (laughs) He's shown some nice looks with the glove in the outfield as well. So that's convincing, and the bat has been more than convincing. It entirely speaks for itself. He is batting over 400 so far, and he has also gone deep four times already, nine RBIs, He's doing it. He's doing very nicely this spring. And again, just want to remind, I'm always talking about how Peraza's still very young, Volpe's still very young at 21, but Dominguez is even younger. He's only 20. And a lot of people have said, oh, what if that's not his true age? I wouldn't really, uh, I wouldn't really hesitate to believe that claim because he does look like he is much more mature and, and built like someone who is over 20 years old. But, I mean... He's only 20. So, he's showing some fantastic (laughs) potential, to say the least. So, he's opening a lot of eyes. He has been so much fun to watch. Again, he is playing like an absolute demon. 
relentless. The talent is off the charts. And showings like this really do nothing but make you so excited for what's ahead. And again, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourselves, whether it be something negative or positive, because it is just spring training, I know, and I always try to keep myself grounded with that. But you can't deny something really fun when you see it. And Jason Dominguez has been really, really fun. But again, so have the kids at large. So that's definitely a big positive for this spring, just continuing to get to watch the kids and see what it is they have. And unfortunately, I still believe that most of, or maybe even all of them, are not going to make the opening day roster. I think some inevitably will, like Oswaldo Cabrera, because his versatility is so important. I believe the Yankees will fight to get him into the lineup any way they can and have him cover whoever they need covered. And I do think that Oswald Peraza will probably make the roster. But I just think guys, unfortunately, like Volpe and Dominguez, especially because Dominguez hasn't even seen AAA yet, but he's seen he's even seen very little of double A. But I do think that they're gonna want guys like Volpe and Dominguez down in the minors to develop a little bit more. And that's very upsetting to some people because I know that they want them up here right away. And trust me, despite my acknowledgement that this is just spring training as well, I'd like to see them get a crack at it too, at least to start. Because if you're going to experiment with anything during the actual regular season, the very beginning of the year is usually a good time to try because, you know, you want to get off to as nice a start as possible. But if you get off to an iffy start, then it's not the end of the world. It's still early on. You could you have the whole season to turn it around. So, but it's because I know a lot of people want to see them start out. I wouldn't be opposed to it either. But again, he barely even saw much of double-A. He only saw a few games, as a matter of fact, in double-A. Volpe's a different story, because while Volpe could probably use a little bit more time in triple-A, if I had to say, accidental rhyme there, but at least he's seen more of triple-A, or just higher up in the minor leagues than Dominguez ever has. He at least has seen 22 games, not that much, I know, but or not that many, but 22 games in AAA at least. So he has seen a little bit of the level directly under the major leagues. So that helps Volpe's case a little bit more, especially given the fact that he's now showing what he's capable of in spring training off of some major league talent. And yeah, is that major league talent always trying their hardest in spring training? No, they're not, particularly pitchers. So again, that's why you also have to partially ground yourself and make yourself remember it is spring training and it'll be a lot harder once the regular season kicks in. So you, you have to remind yourself of that too, despite how hard it is to, because you're just really enjoying what you're watching out of the guys. But I think it'd be really exciting to see Volpe get a shot, but I think if we are to see him, it won't be at least until late in the season. Unless they absolutely need him and there's an emergency. If there are just so many injuries and they actually need help in the infield, I think you could see him at some point, but just if it's not an emergency and they don't urgently need someone from the minor leagues, I don't think that you're going to see him at least until rosters expand at the end of the year, as much as I hate to say it. He's making that case much harder to stick by because of how well he's doing this spring. He is. I'm not denying that. And again, I want to see him as soon as possible. I love the kid. But I'm just speaking from a standpoint of what I truly feel the Yankees are going to do realistically. 
So, despite our thoughts of, you know, trying to remember what the Yankees will probably actually do in in reality, and just reminding ourselves or there's a little to no chance of seeing guys like Volpe and Dominguez on the opening day roster starting the year. That doesn't mean we can't have a blast watching what they're doing in spring training. They have been an absolute blast. I love watching the kids, seeing what's ahead, and uh, it does make you feel like it's a shame that you have certain guys up here, like Donaldson or Hicks or anybody else who, you know, might be slowing down the process of giving these kids a true shot because the Yankees are paying them their money. They might not want to admit they're wrong. I should say Cashman specifically. That's the one who I really mean. And they could potentially be blocking these kids. Some of them might truly need a little bit more development. Again, I don't want to pretend like I'm the all-knowing expert because I'm not on the inside. I'm a fan talking on a microphone like the vast majority of us are. And also like the vast majority of people tweeting or posting on social media, they're exactly the same as me. So, got to keep that in mind as well as we're enjoying the hell out of what these kids are doing. But that's a massive positive this spring is watching the kids. And it's been a lot of fun. Who could be used off the bench potentially to start the season, especially amidst these latest injuries and who knows what others could happen in the coming weeks leading up to the regular season. And who's going to have more time to develop? What are the Yankees going to decide? Even Aaron Boone himself said that some of these kids are making their decision-making process that much more difficult, and that's what you like to see because you like to see people performing well and making their jobs more difficult, making you think, could this really be the right person for the job? So that's what you want to see. You want to see competition. Even in positions where... It's pretty obvious who belongs there, and there really shouldn't be competition. But if the Yankees deem it competitive, like there is a competition going, then you like to see it. It's what you want to see. So, that's really it for spring training as of now as far as negatives and positives. The usual, what it's been for weeks now. Guys like Hicks, Donaldson, not really much that you like to see. Hicks, Donaldson, injuries, those fall under the negative scope, what you don't want to see. Things that you do want to see and that we have seen. The kids. The competition going on for certain positions on the field. And obviously just watching our boys playing baseball again. So, as far as what's actually happened in the games this past week in spring training, I guess I could run through them really quickly. Obviously, I don't do any sort of in-depth recapping like I do during the regular season usually, although I'm probably going to speed up that recapping a little bit too because some days it would drag on really. Unless it's a really important game, but, you know, I'll just fly right through these, because again, it's spring training, doesn't count. So, we go back to last Monday if you want to talk about the games really quick, because last Sunday's game had ended when we spoke on last week's episode, but Monday the Yankees took on the Pirates again, and starting this game was Domingo Herman. looked really good, three innings, shutout baseball, four strikeouts, looked really good in this start, and the bullpen locked it down after that, only allowing two runs. As far as offense, DJ LeMay, who did very good, went two for three with two RBIs and a run scored. He's been doing very well again as of late. Good to see him getting back into it. Really want DJ to be healthy. Such a big part of the team like we've spoken about and really hurt the offense. We don't even need to say this. goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. Second half of last year and, of course, heading into the playoffs with the way the lineup struggled, missing a healthy DJ was massive. So you hope that he could find a way to stay healthy this year with that toe problem he was having last year. 
Because if he is around and healthy, it's a big deal. And he should be out there every single day, regardless what you do with him, whether you're shifting him between second and third, or planting him permanently at second or third, maybe even just choosing to sit Donaldson over him, which wouldn't happen because, of course, I believe with the money they're paying Donaldson, they're going to be compelled to play him, which isn't the right choice, but that's the way the Yankees operate sometimes. Regardless, DJ needs to have a big presence to remind this team and a lot of fans who may have forgotten just how important of a role he has on this team when healthy because he has had his injury struggles the last couple of years and it could be easy for some people to forget just how important he is because when he's healthy he just hits it's all he does like the machine that he is referred to as so otherwise offense in the bottom of the second Jose Trevino RBI single DJ Got his two-run single after that. Aaron Judge hit a three-run bomb the other way, hitting a lot of his home runs the other way. Love to see that from Judge. You love to see him hitting it to all fields, but that's what he does. Hits it to all fields, and this one happened to be to right field. Bottom of the third, Trevino drove in another run on a double play ball. Jason Dominguez reached on a fielder's choice that ended up driving in another two runs because of a throwing error by G-Man Choi down at first. It's going to be a wild for me to adjust that G-Man Choi is a pirate now, not a Ray. But anyways, those were the nine runs. A lot of runs coming in. Yankees won that game 9-2. to two. They were off on Tuesday. Wednesday, they took on the Cardinals. The offense did not score anything. A quiet day. Only four hits overall. One by Judge, one by Rizzo, one by Stanton, who has not been hitting a lot this spring so far, and one by Duran. So, only four hits the whole day, and they did end up giving up four runs in this 4 to nothing loss, which is unfortunate because Cole started the game and looked pretty good. Three innings and a third, only two hits, seven strikeouts, his fastball this spring so far, I gotta tell you. Of the things that are really looking great, Garrett Cole is looking fantastic. He hasn't allowed a run yet. And his fastball is just about as electric as it's ever been. He was getting to some deep counts, but I mean, he would always end up getting the upper hand. And he looks as determined as ever. And I got to tell you, sometimes when they show him, it's tough for me to realize that, oh my God, wait, that's Cole. Because not only does he not have his beard anymore, which of course is the theme since he's come here, he's been clean shaven, but... At least he also carried over his long hair that he always had when he was here. Now even that's gone. Cole shaved his hair off pretty much over the offseason, I suppose, because he showed up to camp with short hair. I mean, there's still hair in the back, but it's not like, you know, like the long hair going down past his neck sort of long hair like he's always had. He's got short hair now. So at some points I have to remind myself, oh yeah, that's Garrett Cole. <laughs> like, just He's changed his look so much, particularly since his Pirates and Astros days. It looks like a completely different person. If you compare a photo of him then and a photo of him now, it's crazy. But nonetheless, the short hair must be doing him good because he looks fantastic. <laughs> Weissert came in after him. He allowed an earned run. Happens, whatever. He's looking pretty good so far. Slider still looks like a Frisbee. That's a good thing. Wandy Peralta came in and had a tough time later on, though. Allowed three runs, so that was part of allowing those runs to the Cardinals, three out of the four. They lost that game 4 nothing. On Thursday, a wild scoring affair at the Red Sox at George M. Steinbrenner Field. The Yankees ended up losing this game 11-7. to Starting this game was Clark Schmidt. Again, did not look great. So his first start was fantastic. And then next couple of appearances, starting to slip again. I don't know what this kid's doing. He's got to find it. I mean, I know spring training is spring training, but and he's probably going to be in the rotation 
at least to start anyway, especially in light of the Rodon injury. So I have to imagine that it's very possible both he and Herman will at least start the season in the rotation until at least they could get Rodon back. But, I mean, still, you got to show people that you got something here and make them feel good on a day that you're taking the mound. You got to find it already. I mean, he did only allow two runs in three innings, but it's not great in three innings. Allowed four hits, did strike out three. You want to see more, though. A big chunk of the runs came off of uh, someone who's been having a rough spring, to say the least, and when he was acquired, I I knew that he wasn't going to be good. His career numbers, uh, let's just say they have not been too fantastic. (laughs) So, uh, Tyler Danish. I didn't really expect him to be much upon being brought here, but I think that's now considered an understatement because he continues to struggle really badly. He only got one out in this game, and he allowed six runs. And his ERA now, I mean, it's just for laughing matters at this point because if he doesn't have a lot of innings on his spring training arm, obviously, but because of all the runs he's allowed, it's still through the roof. Guy's got a 94.5 ERA. That's a little bit problematic, maybe. <laughs> so he allowed a crap ton of runs. So just not a great day pitching-wise for the Yankees, but offensively not bad. Bottom of the second, two-run single for Jose Trevino. He's having himself a nice spring, driving in uh, quite a bit of runs. But that was, um, other than a wild pitch scoring Oswald Peraza in the fourth inning, a lot of the scoring came in the bottom of the ninth when they were down by eight runs, 11-3. to But this was one of the moments, again, Jason Dominguez, three-run shot. (laughs) It <laughs> was his third home run of the spring at the time. Made it 11-6, to and it was... Again, just his home runs are bombs. And how much have I mentioned this kid's power, too, that I like his power, too? Shaparo, again, right after. Solo shot for him, his third of the spring at the time. Made it 11-7, to and that was the final. So it was a big blowout up until the ninth, and then even then they still lost by four. But, at least Dominguez and Shaparo, like I've said, big positive this spring. The kids, watching them do their thing, they made the ninth inning exciting. Friday. This was really one of the only games in the second half of this past week the Yankees actually won. But, this game on Friday, the Yankees managed to beat the Tigers 4-3. to This was the game where Bader felt his oblique flare up a bit, and then he was later diagnosed with his oblique strain. Starting this game for the Yankees was none other than Luis Severino. Look, decent, I guess. Four innings, two runs, did allow four hits and struck out three. Not a great start. So, again, spring training, it's whatever. But especially guys like Clark Schmidt, when you've got something majorly to prove like him, you know, you want to see something better. But Luis Severino, you know he's going to be in the regular season rotation come the season. You know that. But uh, you also do want to see what he's got and how his stuff looks. So, two runs were scored on that, and then the third one was allowed later by Johnny Brito, of course, but that was the only three runs allowed by the Tigers. Offensively, the Yankees did score on an RBI single by Billy McKinney, and then the two-run shot by IKF, it was first home run of the spring, really the only major thing he's done this spring in the top of the fourth, so it was finally nice to see something. And then Anthony Siegler, in the top of the ninth, added on another run when the game was tied at three on an RBI single, and that was how the Yankees ended up winning four to three. Yesterday, the Yankees had a split squad. 
one of the games, the one that's not on television or wasn't on television, was one against the Pirates again. They ended up losing this one 3 to nothing. Yankee offense was quiet except for five little hits. And the three runs were allowed by Ryan Weber, who started the game. Didn't look great. The man, the myth, the legend, Ryan Weber. Can't always be good, right? <laughs> two and two-thirds innings, five hits, three runs, two walks, and one strikeout. So not an ideal start for him. Not a train wreck of a start, but not great, obviously. So he lost that one 3 nothing. And then the Phillies game at George M. Steinbrenner Field. The Yankees ended up losing that one 6-3. to Starting this game was Herman. This was really the first outing that he didn't look too great, so it's, it's whatever. Two and a thirds, three hits, only two runs, three strikeouts. Not fantastic at all by any means, but it's the first one where he really had a hiccup. So he's between him and Schmidt, I would definitely say, as anticipated. I hoped it would be the opposite, but I even said this at the start of spring training that no matter how much we don't like him on a personal basis, that Herman is probably the on-field better option. He's proven to be that so far, at least he has been two weeks in here, but Herman has looked better. Two runs here in this game, and the bullpen to follow would allow four more. As far as the Yankee offense, it consisted of, again, <laughs> the kids, Carlos Narvaez, the catcher, who I also mentioned last week when talking about who I was impressed with, hit a sacrifice fly here to make the score at the time 2-1, to one. and then in the bottom of the fifth with the Yankees down 3-1, to one, <laughs> <laughs> Jason Dominguez again. Does it really surprise you at this point? Game-tying two-run nuke to right field. Tied the game at three. Unfortunately, the Yankees would later on in the top of the eighth give up three more runs. Made it six to three fills, and that would be the final. But again, just seeing the kids. Another big positive. And today's game against the Red Sox at JetBlue Park, which I also like to call Fenway Squared, considering how cool it is that it... Looks almost like an exact replica of Fenway Park. It is cool. I've always thought that. Starting this game was Yoandres Gomez, and despite him walking three guys, he did pitch three scoreless innings, striking out four. So he looked pretty good. It was just uh, Jimmy Cordero really after him that was shaky. Three runs in an inning and a third. After him, Albert Abreu, Ron Marinaccio, Greg Weissert, and Demarcus Evans all pitched scoreless in their appearances. So... Those are the Red Sox three runs. For the Yankees, Chaparro again. <laughs> I mean, he's looking really good. I really like this kid. So he got the Yankees on the board with an RBI single in the top of the fourth. Jake Bowers, a sacrifice fly, was the second run. And then, like as I mentioned before when talking about Volpe, Volpe in the top of the fifth hit his second home run of the spring, a nuke to right center field. That made it 3-2 to Yankees at the time as he continues to look great with the bat as well, continuing to show off his abilities as well. And the game ended up finishing in a tie. So that's this past week's spring training action. As far as the World Baseball Classic, again, a lot of exciting stuff going down, particularly with the USA team. They did win yesterday, their first real game. They did play the San Francisco Giants in spring training, the USA team. But they actually played their first World Baseball Classic game yesterday. Last night against Great Britain, and if you remember me using my extreme sarcasm in the intro with their uniforms, and this has been a big thing on Twitter especially going around, people are just making fun of the, the Britain team's uniforms because, I mean, they kind of deserve it. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about an uninspired uniform, it's literally gray with, 
I don't know, maybe like Comic Sans or Arial font written just across the chest area, just Great Britain. <laughs> it's as bland as you can get. So, their gameplay inspired the riveting feel of their uniforms, I guess you could say. And the U.S. beat them 6-2, to two, mainly on the three-run bomb to right center field over the hot tub. They're playing in Chase Field in Arizona. They have the hot tub in right center field by Kyle Schwarber. So if I had to say, that was definitely the big blow in that game. Nolan Arenado also had an RBI double. Kyle Tucker would drive him in. And then later on after that, in the bottom of the sixth, Arenado doubled again to make it 6-1 to one at the time. Great Britain would put up a run in the top of the seventh on an RBI ground out. That would make it 6-2, to two, and that would be the final. Starting the game was Adam Wainwright. Looked pretty shaky at first, but ultimately he only did allow one run in four innings, striking out four, did give up five hits, and the bullpen was able to hold it down after him in the offense. I mean, <laughs> I was saying this, I believe, last week or the week before, but the U.S. team, I, to say they're stacked just doesn't do it justice. This is crazy. This lineup, I think the only way you can improve it is maybe by incorporating, somehow incorporating Judge or Manny Machado, maybe. Or maybe Bryce Harper, maybe. that That's really, <laughs> this lineup is scary. Mookie Betts leading off in right field. Trout batting second and center. Goldschmidt batting third at first base. Arenado batting cleanup at third. Schwarber, DH at fifth. At 6th is Trey Turner at short. 7th is Kyle Tucker in left. 8th is Real Muto at catcher. And ninth is McNeil at 2nd. Oh my god. And everyone in the lineup except for Trout and McNeil last night got a hit. But at least in Trout's defense, he did have a walk and scored a run yesterday. But uh, this lineup is murder. The only real other team that I'm really afraid of, and there are good teams out there. I mean, Venezuela's done a nice job. Even Italy's moving on. Italy's looking good. Surprisingly, Australia's 2-1. and one. That surprised me. Uh, Cuba's looking okay. The Netherlands started off real hot. They're 2-2 two and two now. But the real team that I am really uh, terrified of, as everybody should be, as they are every year, especially because Otani is playing out of their minds for them, is obviously Japan. And obviously, of the four World Baseball Classics prior to this one, they've won two of them, the ones in 06 and 09. And they're looking very scary right about now, too. They're 4-0 already. That's just crazy. So, Canada's 1-0 as well. So is Columbia. They're 1-0. And these are the teams in Pool C playing in Arizona with the U.S., of course. Mexico's 0-1. Great Britain's 0-2. Yeah, so just looking around, Dominican Republic played. They shocked me yesterday. A lot of people were talking about them, and I looked further into the game because I didn't get to watch it. But... Dominican Republic playing Venezuela yesterday. They, for such a stacked team, and yeah, DR won in 2013 as well, but for such a stacked team yet again, they played a, a terrible game yesterday. I mean, what the hell? Venezuela showed so much more heart than they did. I didn't expect that. But uh, nonetheless, that's what's going on here. The U.S. is 1-0. Just briefly told you about the game from last night. And I'm just having a blast watching these games, man. I'm just tuning tuning into them here and there whenever I can afford to, whenever I have the time. But it's so much fun. By the time I talk to you next, obviously the list of teams will be shorter. Can't wait to see where we're at by then. But obviously this is going to be going on for, what is it, another week and a half? So 
The quarterfinals are going to be right around the corner, and then before you know it, the World Baseball Classic Championship will be here. And I'll be surprised if it's not basically against the U.S. and Japan. Now, don't get me wrong. There could be a sleeper candidate in there, but... I mean, between how stacked the U.S. team is and how scary Japan is, I mean, that's just where my mind goes, typically, to where things are going to end up. But we'll see how this goes. It's been awesome so far. There have been a lot of exciting moments and highlights, like I said, especially that highlight with the three-run homer late in the game that I mentioned earlier with Italy and I think it was Chinese Taipei team, I believe. It was so freaking wild. So Some of the stadiums, they didn't have too many fans, but particularly in the games in Tokyo, I mean, it, it is mayhem. Uh, any any of the games in Asia, pretty much. Mayhem. <laughs> and that's what I want to see from baseball crowds. The World Baseball Classic, you wouldn't believe how many people don't even know about it. If they just promoted this thing a little bit better, this could be such an international hit. And I know that Major League Baseball works to try to get other countries into it as well by having these games in London that they've had and so on. But this is definitely a big event that I think should happen more than every four years. I think you should make it every other year, or at least every three years, like they did in from 06 to 09. You should do that and promote the crap out of it. Get the countries into it that typically aren't into it. I could tell you right now, from someone who's been to Italy 10 times, Italy could not give a monkey's ass about baseball. Change that. Get countries like Italy and Europe at large into baseball. Countries like Japan and others like Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Puerto Rico, places like or Cuba, places like this are already into baseball. And of course, America goes without saying. But a lot of Europe and a lot of other places around the world, they don't care about it a fraction as much as countries like Japan, America, Puerto Rico, DR, Cuba. Venezuela, even Korea, South Korea, they don't care about it nearly as much as all of these countries. Promote the crap out of this thing and get them into it. Make this thing a monstrous event. I mean, I think with a lot of people it already is, but you can make it even better. It has so much potential. And the people who are into it a lot, like myself, I love the World Baseball Classic. I think it's so fun. It could just be humongous, even bigger. Just promote it better. Even here. Because you wouldn't believe how many baseball fans I've spoken to, even Yankee fans. Like, I've had some people ask me, hey, Mike, where's Glaber been in the Yankee lineup in spring training lately? Well, he's playing in the World Baseball Classic. He's playing for Venezuela right now. That's where he is. Hey, where's Higashioka been? He's with the U.S. team. Where's Jonathan Luizaga been? He's with Nicaragua. It's cool. (laughs) It's awesome. But you have so many people not knowing about it. Change that. Major League Baseball, paired with a lot of the other countries like Japan, for instance, they have the capability to promote this thing ridiculously. Do it. It's so great. It's so much fun. I just love watching highlights from the other games, too, that I obviously don't get a chance to watch. I don't have the time to watch all of them. I don't think much of anybody does unless you have no life, which God bless you. But I watch as much as I can. And I definitely keep track with as many highlights as I can if I can't watch it. And it's so great. It is so great. And by the time this episode comes out, I believe this game will be in the middle of happening. But the U.S. does have another game tonight. I'm just looking at the schedule for today. (laughs) And at the top, it's Japan and Australia. I tell you, Japan has 
convincingly won like all their games. Convincingly. They haven't just won. I feel like half of them, at least of the four so far, they've won by double digits. I mean, they are just a juggernaut. They really are. So they beat Australia. Italy beat the Netherlands earlier today. Israel beat Nicaragua. Uh, let's see what other scores are coming across here. Let me see. Oh, my boy Johnny Lowe took the L for that Nicaragua loss today. That stinks. Canada. Wow. Look at this fine. I didn't even see this yet. Canada beat Great Britain today 18-8 to in seven innings. Good Lord. <laughs> That's crazy. And right now, at the time of recording, it's around 7.30 at night. Puerto Rico is playing Venezuela, and Venezuela in the top of the first, they just started. They jumped out to a 4-0 lead. Wow. That's wild. Anthony Santander apparently hit a three-run shot. Wow. Look at Venezuela go. Good for them. Yeah, and then after this is done, then it's the U.S. game. At 10 o'clock, they are going to be facing Mexico, and Mexico right now is 0-1. USA is 1-0. The USA has Nick Martinez pitching and going for Mexico's Patrick Sandoval. So we'll see who gets the best of that one. I think the U.S. will be 2-0 after tonight. And then after that, at 11, we've got the Czech Republic against Australia. As far as the rest going forward with the U.S., as far as games are concerned, as far as we know, as of now, tomorrow, USA will be playing Canada at 10 o'clock, tomorrow the 13th. And then no game right now as of the 14th. The 15th, they're in line to play Colombia and so on and so forth. We'll see what happens after that. And then, honestly, at that point, the World Baseball Classic is within a week of being over. So it just it flies right by. So just enjoy it while you can. So that's what's doing with that. So spring training, World Baseball Classic, injuries, individual players, we've gone over it all pretty much. Anything worth talking about. A lot to fit in now that baseball is back, of course, and you got all this action going on during spring training time. you got to love it. The more baseball, the better. So let us move on to our final segment of today, and that is, as always, the social media segment. And considering, as much as you hate to harp on the subject, it is the main point of discussion when it comes to the Yankees right now. So it is inevitable, my friends. Like Thanos, it is inevitable. So... It is about injuries because it's a legitimate state of what the Yankees are dealing with right now. You got to talk about it. It is an open-ended question this week, and the question is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are these early injuries making you this early on? And to give your thoughts below, and of course, I'll read as many as I can on the episode. Now, I basically (laughs) gave my input before on how I feel about the injuries. Just re-listen to the whole first part of the show, except I didn't give a definitive number on the scale of 1 to 10. As frustrating as the injuries are to deal with, it's something that you've come to expect. Some may even say that you just don't feel anything if you're a Yankee fan whenever these happen anymore. No matter how severe they are. You're just sort of numb to it, I guess. So, that helps to bring the concern scale down. But considering the certain names that could be involved, the severity of the injuries, and the frustration over how this never seems to end, (laughs) that could bring it up a bit. So with all of these things balanced out for me, 
given what's been going on this past week, only about, again, two weeks into spring training, I'd say my concern is around a five. I'll say that. Because the injuries are a redundant occurrence for me, of course. I come to expect them to a certain degree with them, because again, it depends on the person and, and the severity. But to a certain degree, I am numb to them. It's just something that you see coming at this point. It really is. Uh, but the other part of me, you know, I never like to see them happen. I hate when they do happen, especially to my most beloved players. Players who are very essential to the team and maybe missing a significant amount of time. And also, you, you also have to consider how accurate the information is that you're getting from the Yankees regarding said injury. So that drives it up a bit for me. I would say somewhere around even a 6 or 7 it would push it to. But because of how used to it I am, because of the fact that although there are certain names here that I certainly don't like to hear injured, such as Carlos Rodon, Harrison Bader, I don't like to hear that Anthony Rizzo's back is even slightly acting up again or getting cranky, as they've said. But the positive aspect of it is is that we're still multiple weeks away even from the regular season. And even beyond then, they might not be missing that much time. Again, take it with a grain of salt. You're going off the Yankee reports here and information. They're not always correct. But as long as they are back before too long, and if you want to quote-unquote get it out of the way at the start rather than later, if that's truly what this ends up being, fine. I can't be too bent out of shape about that because at least it's brief. It's at the beginning. I'd rather it be then than at the end in a potential playoff, wild card, division, whatever, September chase. So, I'm not happy about it at all. I'm ticked off about it while also being numb about it. It's a weird middle place, like I said before. But because it's at the beginning, because they're not too long-term, according to them, really much past mid to late April, maybe the first week of May for most of or all of these injuries, at the very least. And also because of their depth. I mean, some of the kids could help out to really patch up the losses for now. My concern, I would say, is probably like a five. Nothing crazy at all. If... A chunk of the starters were missing, and we were at a much more significant part of the season, and the Yankees were currently playing games that count. Different story a little bit. But for all those reasons I just mentioned, I'm basically five or maybe even a four. As frustrating as the injuries are to deal with. I'm probably around a five or a four. So that's my take on it. Let's see what some of you have to say. We'll breeze through some of these. First up is at Yankee Ken, and they say, Six, you don't want a team like the Blue Jays to get off to a quick start while the Yankees are injured. Yeah, I think the Blue Jays are really the main competitor for this year. I don't see the Red Sox doing much, despite how well the Red Sox are doing this spring, by the way. I have noticed that. But when things are actually said and done and get down to it, when the games actually begin to count in the regular season, I don't see them doing really an unbelievable amount at all. The Orioles, I don't really see competing. 
The Rays, I think they'll find a way to somewhat be in it like usual, but I don't see them doing anything really crazy. The Blue Jays, although they like to act like they're all that and that they've actually accomplished anything really successful as of yet, uh, I do think they will be in the race. They're the ones most intimidating, and I understand you not wanting them to get off to a quick start and really take hold of the division early on because the Yankees are having injury difficulty. I understand that fear. But the Blue Jays also have to perform up to par as well. And if they don't, and the Yankees can figure out a way to make do for the meantime, then it could go well. Who knows? But I, I guess I understand that. I guess. But even if they do take control early on, the Yankees will have an entire season's worth to turn it around, really. So, Rebecca at Peace Now for Life is next, saying, I would say a four. It seems like Bader and Rodon won't be out too long. May only miss about a month. Honestly, I'd rather it happen now than later in the season. Get everyone back healthy and roll. I'm still optimistic about this team. Yeah, I agree, Rebecca. That's that's mainly where I'm at. Despite those who occasionally accuse me of being constantly negative, it's just not true, first of all. I'll just tell you how things are. But like I even explained in my own explanation, a lot of these things you say are things that I said. You'd rather it happen now than later if you had to choose. Of course, you'd rather it not happen at all, but if you had to choose. And the severity of the injuries, even though the names are big, like Bader and Rodon, yeah. But at least as of what the Yankees are saying, they're not to miss too much time. And um, it's at the beginning, so it's whatever. You hope for the best, and because of all those things, it's not... My personal number can't be too high. It just can't be. Next is at Yankees Gabba Gab saying, not concerned because it is so early. Yeah, like I said, it also, a big factor of it depends on when it happens. Definitely. Next is at Ash Chach, is it? Chach? Saying, zero, because I knew the team would suck and the injuries shall pile up. Same old song and dance. (laughs) Listen, I certainly have my couple of negative aspects about the team. But uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say that they're going to (laughs) suck. Because even though I do have my negative aspects, even when talking about the team, I even myself admit that they're going to have a good regular season because they have a good regular season every year. What happens after that is the problem. (laughs) So, and as of now, in this time of the regular season, particularly early on, these injuries are not said to be too severe. So, I understand the low rating, but not the reason for your low rating, because I don't think the team's going to suck. But the injuries piling up, yeah, that, that is the same old song and dance. You're right about that. I can't, uh, I can't refute that, because it's what happens every year. <laughs> I'd just be denying the truth. At From Dave Till Dawn, saying 10, because knowing how this team has been the past few years, those injuries are just the start. Well, because of the other circumstances, I can't possibly make my personal grade that high, but I understand making it high for that reason. The fact of how often they happen and how long they've been happening for. So so I, I understand that if you think that this is just the beginning and you're really pessimistic about them going forward. I, I get it because I can't... I can't blame people. I can blame people for being surprised that they're happening because, again, that's just like, well, what team have you been watching the last few years? All they do is get hurt. But for those just being like, ah, here we go, this is just the beginning, I I can't really blame them because that's that's been the name of the injuries. 
They've been so bad. Without any sign of stopping. Can't really blame them. You can't. At Baseball Tzar saying, I'm not concerned at all. Better now than in October. And timing's a big uh, thing for all you guys. I didn't mention that as a factor. I, I get it. At Laura underscore Ismut, my good friend Laura says, Five. We're used to it by now with how they've occurred the last few seasons, but it still sucks nevertheless. <laughs> it definitely does. Absolutely. At Chicky DC says, 27. Wow, so the amount of championships the Yankees have? <laughs> Is that a coincidence or what? At NYY Sports Fan 96 says, Five. We should be used to it by now. That we are. It's not something you should have to get used to or would want to get used to, but we are. At MD Nelly says, Zero. It's like a broken record anyway, so we should be numb to it by now. <laughs> a lot of these replies with that are similar. There you go. At P. Giuliano, 89, says, Not so concerned about Bader, because I like Ortega a lot in terms of a lefty contact bat. As for Rodon, I'm very, very concerned this may linger or turn into a bigger problem later. Yanks need their pitching to not be good, but elite if they plan on beating Houston. Well, Bader and Ortega, yeah, I did mention, and this is part of that, when I mentioned before that a lot of people are talking about Ortega at least as a temporary solution for the possible outfield dilemma with Bader going down. But yeah, Ortega looks really good. He is a lefty contact bat, that's right. But, um, so I understand, I guess, not very concerned in that aspect, but I understand the concern over Rodon because, of course... You acquired in this past offseason because you want to bolster the rotation, and he is definitely a man to do that. Especially amongst all the options that were available this past offseason, he was probably amongst the best, if not the best. So, you're concerned about him, and relieved that he might only miss about the first few weeks, but you're not wrong. A lot of injuries like this, they can tend to turn into bigger problems, so I, I can't refute that. And as far as the pitching needing to be elite to beat Houston. The problem with that is is that if you want to use this past playoff series against Houston as an example, the pitching was really good. It was really good. Not just good. Really good. The main problem was the bats. And that's what has a lot of people uncomfortable. Because a lot of people like myself with the exception of acknowledging that people like DJ might be coming back healthy to start 2023, but especially in light of all these injuries, a lot of the aspects of the offense are the same as last year. That got their asses handed to them. And that's scary for a lot of people, and I acknowledge that fear. You can't refute that when it comes to the lineup. Yeah, did they bring back Judge and Rizzo? Necessary names to bring back and credit to the Yankees for getting that done, yes. But at the end of the day, they were returning names. They were here already. So, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I really do. So, I, I understand having confidence in Ortega. We'll see what happens with that. We'll see if Bader really is back after just maybe two or three weeks into the regular season. If that's the case, then fine. I think the Yankees can live with that. But yeah, I understand the concern, particularly with Rodon. At Redbone, Tiki Kaya says, same as every other year, 
Howland Cashman should be prepared for the slew of injuries the organization suffers and have quality depth. And credit to them, a lot of the time they do, but sometimes it gets overwhelming that there's literally nothing that can be done, like, even if they want to. So, and that's something they got to figure out internally. They got to figure out what the hell's going on and what they could do to slow this crap down. It's every year, as we've all said, every year. At KNY Selfie says four. Eh, that's around the same as mine. At NYC, Debbie says zero. It's a very long season. Yeah, long season. Timing has to do with it. Yep. At Randy in PO says five. Exactly the same as me. At Gladstone Writer says mildly concerned, like a five or a six. But seriously, is the training staff doing something with these guys that they shouldn't be? That's an answer that only they have. But I wonder that myself, dude. I mean, because you start to ask yourself questions like what could possibly be leading to this much of a slew of injuries year in and year out? Is it the players' bodies themselves? Are they doing something harmful to their own body? Is the training department or the training staff just not giving them good advice as for their conditioning, their training? I mean, you just got to ask yourself all these questions. What could be causing this? Injuries happen all around baseball. But to this degree, and for this many years, and it being this severe every single year as it is for the Yankees with all the resources and all the money they have to look to to try to prevent this sort of a thing from happening as often as it does, you can't help but ask these questions. So I can't blame you. I can't. All right, next is at DiBenedetto27, says zero. Okay. Tina at MountainGal456 says eight, because I'm pretty concerned. Can't really blame you. You never like to hear of injuries, so a lot of people, they get concerned. And, of course, like that other reply said, you also get concerned. What if this isn't the end? And then when they're around the time they're supposed to come back, it just lingers along, and then they just happen to reveal an even bigger problem down the road. It's happened plenty. At Lee McKay 1 says, Pitchers are fragile. As the saying goes, you never have enough mercy. You mean money or pitching? I don't know. That's weird. Um, But yeah, I mean, listen, the pitchers have to endure a lot. Uh, They're different than they ever were in the past. Have a lot more stuff in their arsenal. They throw harder than ever. It's just a different game. Use that as an excuse if you want. If you don't, then fine. It's up to you. But, yeah, I mean, it just comes down to what if they just have to figure out another way to condition them properly. And that's also why you got to give credit to a guy. And I know people are like, oh, well, he's making the money, so he's expected to, or he's the ace and he's expected to, whatever. But you got to appreciate a guy like Garrett Cole when you see him. I see a lot of other people on Yankees Twitter saying this, and I agree with them. They keep on saying, we got to appreciate the hell out of Garrett Cole, man, because this guy's a workhorse, and he basically, except for maybe a little thing here or there, he basically, he had that hamstring issue, I do remember, a while back. But other than that, this guy's a workhorse. Garrett Cole is seldom ever injured. He just goes out there and does his thing. And, you know, I got a wood desk right here. Knock, 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 knock on wood. But, I mean, between how great he already looks and the fact that he is, he just delivers the way that he does, pitches so many innings each year, that's not easy to find. 
Especially right now, you already see like Montas, Rodon, scratched out of the rotation. You have your doubts about Seve because of his injury history. Maybe even Nestor at some point, if they maybe got to take it easy on him with the innings. That's basically the whole rotation right there. Except for Garrett Cole. He's more important than a lot of people give him credit for. And I know a lot of the times, you know, he has his baffling hiccups. So does everybody. You just got to endure them. But that's why guys like Garrett Cole are not only few and far between, but they got to be appreciated. Because he's like an older breed. Like, he just goes out there, just wants to compete all the time, has a hell of a mentality about him. And he's a lot more durable than the average pitcher, I would say. So, All right, next, let's continue on. We'll read a few more. Spencer at Musician DMD says, One, not worried at all. The injuries are disappointing, but not serious, such that these players may be out for more than half a season. I certainly, well, except for... Frankie Montos, but other than that, yeah. I certainly don't think this is reflective of any carelessness by the medical or training staff. I wouldn't raise any overtures to that effect. The Yankees are not the only team to have to deal with early season injuries. Their depth will sustain them, and are we really going to go into panic because of an injury to Tommy Canely? As long as Giancarlo and Judge are in the lineup opening day, I'm a confident Yankee fan. Okay, those two are of the utmost importance, of course. And you have your injury concerns about Stanton. Even I do, as a huge Stanton lover, because it's just the objective truth. I mean, the guy gets hurt a lot. It happens. Um, but yeah, as long as they're in the lineup, that's definitely a big deal, no doubt. I don't think so many people are getting to a panic about Canely in particular, especially because he wasn't, wasn't here before for the last few years. But it's just a matter of all the injuries piling up at once, all within one week as they have this past week. It's like crazy, just one after the other including just this morning with Rizzo with this apparently minor back thing. But listen, for the reasons that you say, I agree with your, with your rating being low as far as how concerned you are. So, I get it. Up next, we have at Canadian NYY fan 8 saying, 2, it's early. Some are overreacting too much. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. The earliness of it does play a factor. At Crusaders BBNY says, 8, all right, it's pretty high. I can't really blame too much. Let's see if we missed anybody. At Go Yanks Go 2442 says, Honestly, a 7. It goes up to 9 if these linger all season. But if it's coming down to when I would want them to happen, like now versus right before the playoffs, now is better. But still, they're ridiculous in how much they get injured. Yeah, it happens, uh, it happens a lot. <laughs> we have well established that, that's for sure. But yeah, if they linger throughout the season, especially to big or even bigger names, and yeah, that's that's when the concern gets higher, obviously. Can't disagree with that. Final two as usual. Let's wrap up. My girlfriend Vic Salimo's first saying, it's most definitely a concern. Injuries have always been a concern for us. It's such a frequent occurrence with this team that I'm so used to it at this point. I'm kind of numb. I would say my concern is a 6 out of 10. I just hope for a good season despite everything. Yeah, that's what you got to hope for, that the injuries don't last long, and if they do, that the Yankees just find a way to endure. Because then you think back to a year like 2019, where there were 30-plus injuries, yet the Yankees still found a way to win 103 games. So, that's what you hope for, but you just hope that the injuries don't happen at all, and you could have as positive a season as possible without having to deal with many or any 
injuries. That'd be lovely. But, yeah, definitely, as I've been saying throughout the show, the numbness does play a factor in it, definitely. So, I understand the six. It's right around mine. So, I, uh, I get it. And last but certainly not least is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, saying, Hi, Mike. My thoughts and concerns on injuries already on a scale from 1 to 10 are definitely a 10. (laughs) Are you freaking kidding me? You players just had off all winter, and the minute you start playing in spring training, you're injured like fragile little dolls. What kind of workouts are these guys doing? Back in the day, players played injured and tired. I'm sick of these fragile babies. That's how I feel. <laughs> wow. Yeah, listen. It's frustration. It's frustration. I get it. Back then was obviously a different world where if Mickey Mantle or someone was playing with broken bones or they were drunk and saw three baseballs coming at them per pitch and just had to hit the one in the middle... Regardless, it's just not that world anymore. As frustrating as that is for some people, I get it. If you're around to watch baseball in that time, I get it. I won't pretend to say that your outrage isn't warranted because I was not around to watch baseball at that time. So, listen, it comes down to, again, asking yourself, what could possibly be causing this crap? Is Is it bad conditioning from the Yankees training staff to the players? Is the players doing things that maybe they just shouldn't do? Could they do something to make their bodies more durable? It's a long season, of course. Baseball is a marathon, but it's frustrating. I get it. I get it. Fragile little dolls. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's heavy. But listen, I I can't blame you for the frustration. I just can't, because it's just every year with this. Like I've said, it's every year, and that's why the title is titled the way it was because. That's the first thing that popped into my head when all of these injuries began to pile up this past week already. Again, just merely about two weeks into spring training is let the injuries begin. And you just hope and pray every night before you go to bed. You pray to God that despite all of those that the injury bug has already taken out, that it has mercy on all the rest. So you don't have to worry about it going forward. But of course, it never plays out that way because the baseball gods have some sort of vendetta against the Yankees when it comes to injuries that I'm yet to figure out. And I think all of us are yet to figure out. Because, like I've said at this point, each and every year, it is just baffling how this continues to happen with seemingly no end in sight. And all we can do now is hope that it doesn't grab hold of anybody else and that those who it already has grabbed a hold of just recover as quickly as possible and miss as little time as they possibly can come the regular season when the games actually mean something. But other than that, guys, after nearly an hour and a half of a lot of action-packed discussion with all that's going on this spring, with spring training being back, what's going on with the players individually, the World Baseball Classic, and now this past week the injuries piling up. My God, did I come into today knowing that I had an ungodly amount to speak with you about. But hey, it was a fun episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, because that is all for episode 174 of Yapping Yankees today. If you have not already, please remember to follow me on all social medias, guys. My Facebook fan page is Mike Scudero NY. 
My Twitter is at Mike Scudero. And my Instagram is MikeScuds97. And guys, please be sure to also subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on if you have not already. Those platforms are YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love for the show on all of those as you always do such a great job at doing. And if you have the time, if you missed any past Yapping Yankees episode, well, episodes 34 up to episode 174 today are all available on YouTube. And every Yapping Yankees episode, going back to episode one, four years ago almost, all the way up to 174 today, are all available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today, my good people. I have been your host, Mike Scudero, as always. And I will talk to you next Sunday again, March 19th, when I come at you with episode 175 of Yapping Yankees. But until then, guys, you know the deal. Hang in there. Be patient. Stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. Go ahead and kick life's ass this week. And throughout this next week, until we speak again next Sunday, let us all just continue to enjoy watching baseball, whether it be spring training, the World Baseball Classic, or both. I'm watching both. I don't know what you're up to. And let's just continue to endure and weather the storm that is known as Yankee injuries and just pray that it doesn't grab a hold of anybody else and that those that it already has, that they just recover ASAP. But obviously, as always, otherwise, just continue to enjoy baseball and let's go Yanks. And for the World Baseball Classic, for me at least, let's go Team USA. Talk to you next Sunday, guys. Take care.